Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God to profit me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you have your Bibles, go with me to chapter, uh, John chapter 1, starting with verse 1. I'm teaching on the integrity of God's Word And it's so important for us not only to trust God, but to believe God's word above all things. A lot of times people will say, you know, do you have a word for me? Yes, read the Bible. The Bible is the best instruction manual that's ever been written on the face of the earth. Why is that? Because it says it right here in John 1.1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What's interesting is if you go to a Jewish Shabbat or go to a a synagogue to spend time and worship with them, they'll bring the Torah out or the Word of God. And many of them will just take the Torah. They'll kiss the Torah or maybe they'll kiss their hand and, and touch the Torah. Why do they do that? Because they believe that the Torah is literally the Word of God. Not only the Word of God, they believe it is God. They reverence so much. In fact, when rabbis would rewrite the manuscript, they would always make sure that everything in their life had either had redemption for it, that they were right with God. And before they would even write out the name of God, they would wash your hands, write out the name of God, and wash your hands again. That's how much they reverence the Word of God because they believe it's literally God. Well, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. They're all one. So if they're all one, if you trust the Word of God, you're literally trusting God. This is God's Word spoken to you. And when you speak the Word of God, you're literally, through your spirit connected with Him, you are releasing God into that situation. That's why it's so important that we speak the Word of God. There are a lot of things going on in this world that would try to distract us from everything but the Word of God. There's an enemy out there. He'd like to change our culture. He'd like to change our society. He'd like to get us away from the Word of God. And this is why there are so many of us, like Vicky and, 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 and ourselves, who are saying, listen, we need to get back to some good Judeo-Christian values for our nation. That's what, what it was founded upon, and that's what got us where we're at today, and that's what's going to get us through what we're going through today. Thank you for that, that thunderous uh, amen. And so we need to know that this is God's word. And when we trust God's word and we stand on God's word, we will see God's word come to pass. So making the word of God your standard is putting you in a very offensive place with the enemy. You know, we don't always need to be on defense. You can't win if you're always on defense. Sometimes you have to play offense. Now, I don't know if any of you watched the Mizzou game last night like I did, but you know what? They couldn't win the game just on defense. 
They had to play offense in order for them to win the game. And sometimes we have to get on offense and take the tools that God's given us so that we can win this game of life that God has put us into. And when we make the Word of God our standard, the Bible says when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises a standard against them. Now, I know a lot of times people quote it, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Let me ask you, where did the devil ever get water from? He has no water where he comes from. In fact, there's a, you know, Jesus gives this parable about, you know, a, a rich man who said, man, if, if Lazarus could just dip some water, you know, and put it on my tongue. Well, he couldn't because there was no water in the place he was at at that particular time. The enemy can't flood anything. Now, I know he can use the elements to cause natural disasters. I get all that. But he has nothing to flood you with. So when you look at it correctly, when the enemy comes in, if you're using God's standards, God's standard will wash him away. Like a flood, God will raise a standard against him. And when you use the word of God as your standard, then it's your offensive weapon to destroy the works of darkness. The Word of God tells us this reason was the Son of God manifested that he would destroy the works of darkness. And we still have a job to do here in this world, and that is to share the light of the gospel so that we can destroy the works of darkness. Can I hear an amen in this church this morning? So making the Word of God your standard will prosper you and cause you to have good success. If you've been in this church any long period of time, you'll know that we quote Deuteronomy 28 pretty often. And it says here in verse 1, now it shall come to pass. Tell your neighbor, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. What did they have back then? They didn't have the written word. But they had the word that was spoken to them by Moses. And Moses is saying, if you'll listen to the voice of God, if you'll follow God, well, we have the Bible now. So we could say it like this. If we will diligently follow the word of God and to observe carefully all his commandments, which he has commanded us this day, he will make us losers and we will fail in everything that we do. No. That's not what it says, does it? No, if we will diligently obey the word and observe carefully his word which he's given us this day, that the Lord God will set us high above all nations. Now this has twofold meaning. Number one, he was speaking to Israel. He said, as a nation, I will raise you up. If you will follow my commands, I will cause you to be a light to the world. But secondly, it's for us too, for you individually. It means that God will raise you above all other people as you follow him. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you've obeyed the word of the Lord. Joshua 1.8 says it like this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Well, if it won't depart from our mouth, what does that mean? Well, to me, it means that I need to be speaking the word of God. Don't let anything depart other than the word of God. Don't let anything come out of my mouth other than the word of God or allude to the word of God. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? Because whatever you predominantly think about, eventually you're going to say. So make it a habit to dwell on the word of God. What does God's word say about the situation? 
Not what does the world say, not what does your friend say, not, the, not what does the government say. What does the Word of God say about your situation? Meditate on it day and night that you may to what? Observe to do it according to what was written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I don't know about you, but I'm going to follow the Word of God so I can have good success. But not only what's written in the Word of God, but sometimes we've been given prophetic words. How many of you have been given a prophetic word? Well, you know, the children of Israel were in a precarious place where the enemy was coming against them. And King Jehoshaphat was told about all the enemies that were arrayed against him. And they got together and they seek God and they went after God and they asked God, what do you want us to do? You know, it's always a good thing to ask God what to do when you're in trouble. You know, the first person you ought to go to when you're facing trials and tribulations is to go to God. You know, because God's not been out of shape about this trial and tribulation. You know, he hasn't fallen off his throne just because there's an attack against you. In fact, he's already got a setup for uh, your setback. Because in your setbacks, God's got a setup for your comeback. And that's God's plan for your life. He's already got this figured out. He's just waiting for you to come to him and ask, Hey, Father, what shall I do in this situation? So the children of Israel got together and they said, What shall we do? And God said, Go get the high school marching band. Well, it's basically the same thing, isn't it? Go get the praise and worship leaders and put them out front and have them sing, Praise the Lord for his mercy endure forever. I tell you what, that's a great battle plan, isn't it? That takes faith in God. Well, in this particular situation, they couldn't reason in the natural realm. And the Jehoshaphat said this. He said in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 20, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. But then he went on to say, And believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. There are some words that God's given you. There are some words that God's given us, specific words, personal words, you know, and if you really believe that's a word from God for you and it bears witness with you, take hold of that word and begin to speak that word over you. This is why we put these prophetic words on the website so that you can look at the words of what's been spoken over Family Worship Center, that we can get an agreement. This is why we have, you know, on the screen behind us, because one of the words that were spoken to us a year ago, there's going to be some divine reversals. Glory to God. How many of you could use a few divine reversals in your life? Amen. How many of you could use God's setup and your setback so that you can come back? Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout in this place. Hallelujah. Well, secondly, if you're taking notes, the word of God will heal you and deliver you. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word. He sent what? He sent his what? Did you know the word came before the Messiah came? Did you know there's almost 365 Old Testament prophecies of Jesus? Not quite, but almost. There's one, almost one for every day in the Old Testament about Jesus. Did you know his word was spoken before he manifested? That's why when you go back to John chapter 1 and you look at verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why is that? Because God is watching over his word so that he can perform his word. That's what he told Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? 
And Jeremiah told him what he saw. He said, Jeremiah, you're seeing right. You have exactly in your heart what I want to do. And I'm going to watch over my word and make it come to pass. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 55, verse 11, and my word will not return void. His word won't return void, but it will accomplish that which he sent it to accomplish. It's going to do the thing that pleases God the most. God has sent his word so he can accomplish his word. And so we see here in Psalms 107, he sent his word and what? He healed them. Well, there's a comma there, which means you can go back and say he sent his word and he delivered them from their destructions. See, his word not only was sent so that you can be healed, but his word was sent so that you can be delivered from all the plans of the enemy. That's why you can rise up and say, there's no weapons formed against me that shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, they'll be proven wrong. Why will they be proven wrong? Because I'm standing on the word of God in my life. And God's word is at stake here, not really, because we know God can't lie. We know that God will fulfill his word, but it's God's word that's at stake here. And you know what? I can rest in the promises of God in my life. Well, not only did he send his word and, and, and they were healed, but he spoke his word. When we look in Matthew chapter 8, verse, verse 8, we see a centurion who came to Jesus and said, My servant, he lies home at sick. Will you speak the word and heal him? And Jesus said, I'll come. He says, I'm not worthy that you come to my home if you'll speak the word only. And Jesus marveled at what kind of faith that was. You know what kind of faith pleases God? The kind of faith that says, I'm taking God's word for what it says literally for my own life. That's what God sees as faith and trust in God. You're believing his word above all things. And Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith. He said, go on home, he's healed. And that very hour, his servant was healed. And just a few more scriptures down from uh, verse 8 and verse 16, it says, and he cast out spirits with a word. And he healed all those who were sick. Well, how? With a word. Well, maybe he spoke Psalms 103 that says, he's healed you of all your diseases. He's forgiven you of all your iniquities. He's delivered your life from destruction. And he's crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. We don't know exactly every word that Jesus spoke that brought healing to people, but he spoke the word. And what happened? They were healed. When you make the word of God your standard, you're going to see the promises of God manifest in your life. And did you know the enemy has no recourse for the word of God? I'll never forget, I was at the Student Union of Mizzou, and I was doing a, a, a tabling event for Christians United for Israel. And one of the students decided that he was so much more educated than I was. He had so much more experience in life than I had. And he wanted to challenge me on my conviction for standing with Israel. And as he began to challenge my conviction for standing in Israel, I asked him this question. I said, what are your standards? He couldn't answer me. I said, well, young man, my standards are the word of God. That's what I base my life on. Argument over. Couldn't say anything. What was I really saying? I was saying to him, the word says. And because I was saying the word says, 
it shut the mouths of lions or it shut the demonic spirit or the spirit of humanism that was trying to twist and distort what God's trying to do in our nation and in our world. And so the word of God's my standard. You know, I speak the word of God. When our daughter was going through a challenge in her life where she was just rebellious, (laughs) I would say the word says, And one day she said, will you quit saying the word says? Because every time you do, I can't get anything out of my mouth. (laughs) Make the word the lamp unto your feet. See, not only will it heal you, but the word will give you directions. It will give you the how-tos in life. Psalms 118 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, I was so excited with Vicki Hartzler saying, you know what, we need to get out there and share with people. They're, they're, they're longing for some truth. They're longing for some love. They're longing for some acceptance. They're longing for some direction. And the word of God will give them direction. That's why it says in Matthew 5, 15, where Jesus said, you know, is a lamp to be put under a basket? No, but it's to be put on a lampstand. Why? So that the whole house or who are who are in that house can see. Does the world need to see today? Does the world need some hope today? Is the, is the world confused today? I was watching a podcast by Yokiv Minkin, Rabbi Yokiv Minkin, and uh, he was saying this in this particular podcast. He said, the new state religion of today is wokeism. It is pushed in government schools on a regular basis, and unfortunately, some churches are even adopting the philosophy of wokeism. But I'm here to tell you, wokeism will not strengthen a nation. Wokeism will destroy a nation. That's why we need to go back to the foundation of God's word, knowing that we need God's word to be put back on the lampstand. It needs to be first precedent in everything that we do in God and in country. Amen? So the word will help us get back on track. The word will help us stay on track. You know, it's the environment that will negatively affect us and cause us to get distracted from the Word of God. Now, there's a term in aviation called magnetic course. Many people aren't aware of the word magnetic course, but if you try to fly by magnetic course only, you may not get to the designated place that you intended to go to when you originally took off flying. Why is that? Because the North Pole moves constantly because the magnetic core in the earth is constantly shifting. The earth isn't perfectly round. It's a little uh, oblique, actually, and the axes are tilt. And so when it's orbiting in, the, uh, uh, in space like that, it's kind of wobbling. And because it wobbles, the North Pole changes a little here and a little there every so often. And so we have in our charts called magnetic variations. So when we're flying long distance, we know we need to adjust our course by two or three degrees. We either add to or subtract to, depends on, you know, what part of the United States we're in, so we can stay on course. Why is that? Because the North Pole isn't really stable. But we have this thing called true course. And there's a point that we put on the map called true North Pole. And so when we follow the true course, we always will get where we're going. Well, isn't that just like our environment? 
The environment is always changing. Society is always changing. Culture is always changing. Things are always changing. Why? Because it will eventually get us off course. That's why the Word of God says, Fear not in Isaiah, and be not dismayed. The word dismayed means to be distracted from the truth. A lot of people aren't fearful of what's going on, but they're so absorbed in what's going on. They're so absorbed in what the news media is saying. They're so absorbed in what Facebook is saying. They're so absorbed in what social media is saying is that they're dismayed. I found that to happen in my own life. I was listening to too much news. I was listening to too many podcasts. You know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. If we don't do something about that, you know, the world's going to end in 30 days or whatever it was. It wasn't quite like that, but it was similar to something like that, you know. And I found myself going, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Is this really going to happen? What was going on in my own life? I was losing focus on what the Word of God said. I had to back up and say, you know what? I'm cutting off listening to those podcasts. I'm cutting off listening to social media. I'm cutting off listening to the news. And I'm going to go back and get the real news and the factual news from the Word of God. I got focused back onto what God's Word says. And as we focus on God's Word, we're going to see God's Word come to pass in a greater way in our lives. Am I doing okay this morning? I want you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 41, starting with verse 8. It says, But you, Israel, are my servant, and Jacob, whom I've chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Now, how many of you know that the very blessings of Abraham are upon us now? Because Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says that Jesus became a curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. So we can take this promise for us. So it says, you, put your name in there, my friend, you whom I've taken from the ends of the earth and called from the farthest reasons and said to you, you are my servant. I've chosen you and have not cast you away. Whenever you feel like, you know, things aren't going your way, God hasn't cast you away. That's not a, that's not a time to run from God. That's a time to run to God. And it says here, fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Don't lose focus on what you believe God wants to do for you. Keep the main thing the main thing. I'll never forget when I was going through a challenging time. You know, I just kept on rehearsing what God had done for me. And then as a result of rehearsing what God had done for me, you know, it dawned on me, hey, God's not finished with me yet. I just kept on speaking, you know, hey, God did this and God did that. Look what God did 20 years ago. Look what God did 25 years ago. And you folks, if you want to see a miracle, look at me and look at the woman I married. Now, that's a miracle. But look what God's done for me. He's gave me a great wife. He's given me a good family. He's given me a wonderful church. He's blessed me. You know, and when you go through challenging times, focus on what God's done, not on what you're going through. Because God's going to restore every plan of the evil one in your life. So don't be dismayed for uh, I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand And behold, all those who were assents against you, I love this part, all those 
who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced, and they shall be as nothing. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but I think that's a word from the Lord for somebody here. You know, now I don't encourage you to walk up to people who are your enemies and say you're nothing. But you know what? God's going to fight your battle for you as you trust on the word of God. In other words, their plan for destruction for you will become as nothing. Glory to God. So the question when we go through challenging times is not why am I going through these things, but the question is how am I going to get through this? How's God going to take care of this? And your answer is usually going to be in the Word of God. That's why the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword the Bible tells us. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. We doing okay this morning? How many of you are going to stand on the Word in a greater way? Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the Word of God is living... The King James says quick, which means the same thing, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So that word quick means it's alive. God's word's alive. Now, these words that are on this page, in between this leather binding right here, they're nothing. But when does it become alive is when you take hold of it and you begin to live it according to God's will in your life. That's when it becomes alive. In other words, you give life to God's word when you receive it and you act upon it. And so it's living. It's alive for all those of you who receive it. It's powerful. And I love this word uh, in, in the Greek, it basically means it gives you energy. You ever need to be energized? And you thought, man, I sure you could use a cup of coffee about right now. You know, I'll never forget, and I shared this uh, illustration last week, but years ago we took the singles, when we were singles directors, to the Grand Canyon. And uh, we got on a trip that was beyond us. And we got down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and the leader said, we're having a bad snowstorm come in. And we were originally going to stay down at the bottom for a couple of days and then hike halfway out and then hike the rest of the way out. And they said, because a bad snowstorm's coming, we need to hike out tomorrow. Well, all these out-of-shape single people, well, most of us were out of shape, I'll say that. Anyway, we weren't ready for that. We weren't equipped for that. And so I said, listen, folks, we're going to have to hike out of the Grand Canyon. And that's seven miles of switchbacks. And so about a quarter of the way through, I had our son with us and his friend. And he said, I can't carry my backpack anymore. Okay, so I put on his backpack and his friend's backpack, plus I had my backpack. And then another uh, single person said to me, one of the young ladies, she said, I can't carry my backpack anymore either. I said, okay, I'll carry your backpack. And all of a sudden, you know, I felt like I was a Grand Canyon mule. And I'm carrying these backpacks, and I'm saying, Lord, how am I going to get out of this? And I begin to speak, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
if God be for me, who can be against me? And I just begin to pray and speak the word of God. And I got out of that, uh, uh, I got out of that canyon in record time, got hold of the rangers, and the rangers were able to help the, uh, the rest get out of the canyon. Why? Because as I began to speak the word of God, it began to energize me. I'll never forget the time that I was doing my own father's funeral. And I got out of the car to go into, you know, the, the funeral home. And, and uh, all of a sudden, it just felt like every ounce of energy drained out of me. I mean, this is my father's funeral. It's one thing to do funerals as a minister, but it's another thing to do your own father's funeral. And I tell you, I put my hands on top of the car. I know most of you can't do that, but I'm big enough. I can do that. <laughs> and I held on, and I just said, grace, grace, God's grace. Speaking the word of God, grace over me. And when I did, it was like somebody put a syringe in the back of my head and I could just feel energy just going from the back of my head all the way down to the tips of my toes. And I was able to uh, fulfill my father's wishes and do his memorial for him. Why? Because the word gives you energy. Well, not only do that, but the word is sharper. It says in any two-edged sword. You know what sharper means? Yes, it means sharp like a knife, but it means they'll make you keen, make you more aware, more discerning if you're in the Word of God on a regular basis. Why? Because you're looking at the truth. And when the enemy comes, as the Bible says in Ephesians, when the enemy comes in and brings all the wiles of the enemy to you, when he comes in like that and you're in the Word of God, you're going, hmm, something's not right here. Something's not right here. And your spirit is more in tune to what God's doing as you stay in the Word of God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means subtle, little, kind of almost deceiving unknowingly, don't amount to much, maybe little tricks and little areas of deception, but it also means this, abrupt, overwhelming attacks. So the wiles of the devil could be very subtle, but when you're in the word of God, you're keen, you're sharp, and when you have that little subtle thing come in, it's almost like, hmm, something's not right there. I'll never forget one time we were having dinner with my son and uh, one of the waiters came, and my son worked for Marble Slab at that particular time. And uh, she came and said, do you all want dessert? We said, no. She goes, well, I've got some coupons from Marble Slab that I can give you. Well, we are, we're, we're people of the word, but I didn't know that that was wrong. I didn't know that that was unethical. But something in my spirit wasn't right. Something was in my, my wife's spirit wasn't right. But our son worked for Marble Slab. And he said, no, we can't take those coupons because what you're doing is stealing from marble slab. Now, I would never steal from anybody, but something in my spirit. Why was my spirit so keen? Because we were staying in the word of God. And that's what the word of God would do you. We could have, you know, not that it would am amount to anything probably, but we could have unknowingly, had we not had been sharp in our spirit, we could have unknowingly done something illegal or something that was immoral. You know, can you see on the front page, Pastor Steals Ice Cream from Marble Slab. How wonderful that would go. 
anyway. So it means to be keen. And when it says here that the word will help you stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weaknesses in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, say whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all the stand, stand. You know, I like what Brother Jerry said. You know, when you've done all the stand and you feel like there's, you know, everything's coming against you, but you're still standing, that means the devil gave his best shot to take you out. And if you're standing, you got something to be shouting about. If you're standing, you're still believing God. That means that, you know, the devil's already lost because he doesn't want you standing. He wants to totally obliterate your faith in God. So when you stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, what did Jesus say? My word is truth. And see, when you look at the whole armor of God, what that girdle was, that girdle was designed to hold when you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It wasn't just for your shoes, but it was armor that went over your shin, what they call shin shanks, and over your thighs. And so what that girdle did was it helped keep the, uh, the, the um, protection over your, your shins and over your thighs but not only that but it tied to the breastplate so that when you were running in battle that breastplate wouldn't be flopping around it hold the it hold the breastplate down so in other words when he said you're going to gird yourself gird yourself with truth it means the truth of god's word will hold everything together the truth of god's word will hold everything together and it goes on and talks about putting on the breastplate of righteousness and and the helmet of salvation and uh, that, we, that we should do these things. But when we keep our eyes and our mind focused on the Word of God, it's the Word of God that will make a way for us. Proverbs chapter 3. I was sharing this with my wife Thursday night. She goes, are you going to preach my message? I said, well, I might. She says, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I'm going to look at this one more time, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know, when it says here, lean not to your own understanding, what it really means is don't depend on your natural environment. Don't depend on what your natural mind could say. What would happen when Peter walked on the water and when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said Lord if that's you call me to come and Jesus said come what would happen if Peter would have said well you know my natural man says I can't walk on the water what if Peter wouldn't have listened to the word that the Lord gave him what was the word the Lord gave him come what if Peter would have said you know that's impossible it's different with you Jesus but with me that's impossible what is the number one challenge that most of us have in believing the Word of God? 
that very thought. Well, Jesus, that's you. Or pastor, that's you. Or that's that particular saint who happens to pray more than I do. Or that person over there happens to be in the Word. But for me, hmm, I don't know. There's just too many things in the natural realm that says I couldn't possibly do what God's called me to do. But yet you got a word from God. And just like Peter had a word from God, he had to overcome the natural environment. He had to overcome what the world said is going to happen if you step out of that boat. He could not lean or he could not depend on the natural circumstances, could he? So I could just see Peter, boy. He stepped one foot out, and when he felt solidness, he was like, that feels good. He brought the other foot out, and he saw Jesus, and he started walking towards Jesus. But the Bible says because the waves were big. You know, if you've ever been in a lake where the waves have been, I've been on a, on a lake uh, uh, down there in Oklahoma where the swells were six, eight feet, you know, high, you know, and you're trying to go over these swells, and, and they're big, you know, and sometimes you go down into the valley of that swell, and you can't see the land anymore, and all of a sudden you realize that the swells of these lakes are, are larger than your boat, and you think, hmm, you can get in fear like that. And water splashing up all over you and everything like that, it can cause fear to come in you. And I'm sure it was a similar situation like that with Peter. He got out there, big old swells on the Lake of Galilee. You know, those, those waves get big out there. They get six, eight feet, you know, because the Lake of Galilee is in a valley and the wind comes down and picks up those waves and causes them to be big and they begin to roll. And as he was walking towards Jesus, all of a sudden he got what Isaiah would call dismayed. He lost focus on the word. And he began to sink. But you know what? He had one thing going for him. Trust. He said, Lord, help me. I'm sinking. And so the Lord reached out, grabbed him by the hand. And you know what? They both walked back on the water and got back into the boat. So what happened to Peter? Peter had to overcome leaning on his own understanding. And sometimes in order for us to walk on water, sometimes in order for us to fulfill God's plan, sometimes in order for us to see what God's called us to do, we have to disregard the natural circumstances and say, God, I'm going for it. Whenever God asks you to do something, a lot of times this is the way the enemy works. But what if, the, what if you fail? You know what I say? But what if I succeed? What if this is God's plan for my life? Then there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that can stop God's plan for my life. So to lean on or lean not means do not depend upon your carnal knowledge. The world will say, hey, man, things are bad. They're getting worse. But I'm here to tell you that if you make the word of God your standard, you will see God's salvation in your life. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.